Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here and we pray you get something powerful from this sermon. This morning, I've titled my message, Surrender. And the guys didn't know that, but that song, you know, they, they chose that, Tim chose that song. And I love it when God's on the move, because when you see the worship team and, and what happens in the prayer meeting, and then Mason gets up and says things, and you're watching the hand of God shift something to a certain place, you go, okay, you're wanting to do something fresh today and something new in our lives. You know, over the last three weeks, um, we've had different messages. We had Wayne, and Wayne started off by speaking to us, and he was really um, helping us to understand that I went to the wrong sermon. You don't want that one. It's a good one, though. To have a strong relationship with Jesus, and in that, to share it with others around us, not to hide our faith. We don't go around preaching about ourselves. We are preaching how incredible Jesus is. What we carry on the inside is Jesus and allowing others to have what we have. They were some of the words that he spoke on that morning. Wayne's at Maroondah today. If anybody's wondering where he is, he's gone there to be part of the service at Maroondah Resound. So Brick um, challenged us the next week to get rid of the things in our life that need to go. She challenged us on to weed out the things that need to be removed. And when we surrender to Jesus, he does a weed and feed over our lives. She challenged us to weed and feed our lives on a regular basis. So go back and listen to these sermons. And then Mason last week, he spoke on prayer and he went through the Lord's Prayer. I mean, he spoke a lot more than just the Lord's Prayer. But through that, the Lord's Prayer, he showed us and encouraged us on how to pray and come before the Lord and in a necessity that as we pray, God does something fresh in our lives. So when we hear the word surrender, we think, what do I need to give up for us to be able to share Jesus? What do I need to surrender to allow God to do something different? You know, the word surrender means stop resisting to an enemy or an opponent and submit to their authority. In the Cambridge Dictionary, it says the act of stop fighting, stopping fighting and officially admitting defeat. And the verb meaning is to give up something or control over something. As human beings, we are control freaks by nature. Are you? I am. Oh, oh, rubbish, Bill. My father-in-law's going, no, not me. I'm thinking, what? I live near you. I know. (laughs) We are, aren't we? By nature, we want to be in control of our destiny. We want to be in control of our life. We want to know where the next step's going to be. We need to have it all mapped out and all planned. It's part of who we are. But what we see here is that we are being asked to surrender our will. We're being asked to hand over and submit to an authority. And what God's asking from us is he's actually saying, will you stop and submit to me? Will you hand over your will and allow me to be in control of your destiny, control of what's happening in your life? Will you allow me to take you to the place where you need to go? It is in the surrender that God leads us to do things we didn't think we could or ever would do. 
Surrender is a term that is generally used to losing or giving up a battle. When we surrender to God, we're choosing to give up the fight between our will to his, and this helps us to have a relationship with him. Each time we surrender more of ourselves to Jesus, we're able to become more filled and guided by the Holy Spirit. Our greatest example of surrender is Jesus. In Matthew 26, 39, he went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground praying, My Father... If it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Here we see Jesus. He's a man on this earth. Has the same feelings. Oh my goodness, if only I could take control right now. But then he stops and he says, but not my will, but yours. I surrender. I'll do whatever it takes. You know, surrender is a consecrated life. Consecrated, it's a big word, isn't it? It means the act of dedicating yourself to the service and worship of God, to consecrate yourself before God, to surrender yourself before him. You know, most of us have surrendered our lives. Most of us have said, Jesus, come and take control. But... What actually happens is we're happy to say I've accepted Jesus, but then all of a sudden we want to take control again. We want to be the one that can dictate, go where we want to go, decide when we do things, decide if we'll go to church or not, decide if we'll get involved in something or not, decide whether we'll talk about Jesus or not. We take this whole side of our life and we make a decision. And what God's actually asking is, he's saying, hey, if you submit, yourself to me and you've surrendered yourself to me, then how about allowing me to dictate how your life goes? Now, God is not a dictator. He's not. He's a polite God. He will not come and manipulate your will. You need to choose. But the minute you choose and the minute you say, I surrender, I want you to be in control. He then has the um, ability to be able to lead and guide us for whatever we do. Now, let me say, when we surrender our lives totally to God, it's a scary moment. You could go anywhere and do anything. I was thinking about my grandfather. My grandfather was, um, his dad was was um, saved in the Welsh Revival, if anybody has heard of the Welsh Revival, back in 1904-1905, long time ago. And um, my grandfather was an alcoholic. He got saved and my granddad was four at that time. But at the age of 11, my granddad gave his life to Jesus. And he made a decision that day that he would surrender his life to Jesus no matter what, and he would do whatever he was asking whatever God would ask him to do. This brought my grandfather to come out on a ship at the age of 19 to Australia to see different places, evangelise. He was an evangelist. He went in and he preached the gospel. He had no money. He just kept going. It didn't matter what happened or how it happened. He was going to do it because he knew God would provide because God had called him and God said he'd surrendered. Back in the war, Dad, my dad's family... 
They were back in England during the World War II. It was at this time that my grandfather was still going and he was still bringing the word and my grandmother was left with her children in England during the war when the bombings took place. When my grandfather would come back into um, where they were living, the people in the area would beg my grandfather to stay and not leave. They'd even pay him money to stay because every time granddad was home, no bombings took place. They saw that this man had surrendered his life to God to do whatever it took and whatever it needed to happen. How often... Do we want to take control? How often do we want to be the ones? You know, it would have been easy for granddad to go, I'm not going to go and continue to spread the word through the World War II. There's bombings. My granddad um, would go and then when the bombings came, grandma didn't go to to the shelters. She went to a place in a house and was there with the kids and she took them to a place where they knew and they would then go, we've got our own shelter and they would, begin to recite Psalm 91. Grandma wasn't frightened because she'd surrendered. This is my family. This is just one family. But how many other lives have surrendered their lives to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and said, no matter what, I will go. Sometimes some of them have been martyred for their sacrifice. But they knew That to be a servant of the Almighty God, to surrender, means you have to lay down your life. It's a big call to surrender. It's a big call to allow God to have your will 100%. Because it may mean that he'll speak to you and tell you to do Bible college. And who knows what that's going to do for you guys that are going to start Bible college this year. It might seem like, oh yeah, it's a good idea. Oh, good luck with that. You just don't know where you're going to go or what God's going to do. Because as we lay down our lives and we say, here we are, God comes to move. You know, there's a man in the Bible, his name is Daniel. And Daniel was an incredible man of God. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 1 to 27, is the story and I'm going to read some of it and then I'm going to stop and speak into it. But verse 1, Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces and he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Wow, here's Daniel. What you've got to understand is that he was there, but he wasn't really them. He was part of who God wanted him to be. And he comes and he gets put in this high position. He gets put up in front of everybody. But his whole life was surrendered to God and what God wanted. So verse 6, so the administrators and the high officers went to the king. And sorry, go back. I've missed a bit. So they concluded, verse 5, our only chance of finding grounds of accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. Daniel couldn't do anything wrong. 
in the eyes of anybody. Didn't matter what he did, he couldn't do anything wrong. So these people got jealous. They got jealous of him. They decided that they wanted to pull him down. They decided they needed to take him out. So they go and they go to the king and they get the king to um, make a decree that if anybody prays to another god and not pray to the king over the month, they would be thrown into the lion's den. So here we go on and we come down to verse 11. Uh, Sorry, verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem and he prayed three times a day, just as he'd always done, giving thanks to his God. Now, remember, he wasn't allowed to do this. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone divine or human except to you, your majesty will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied, that decision stands. It is an official law of the Medes and the Persians that cannot be revoked. Then they told the king, that man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel because he loved Daniel. Daniel was his best worker. Daniel was incredible. Verse 18, then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night because he'd thrown him into the den. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. And when he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you served so faithful able to rescue you from the lion's? And Daniel answered, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me for I have been found innocent in his sight and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found in him for he had not a scratch was found on him. Sorry, for he had trusted in his God. Here we see in this passage of scripture, Daniel Daniel was from Judah. Daniel was not part of who they were. There's a whole group of people out there that didn't like Daniel for what Daniel stood for. For the fact that Daniel had surrendered to God and was willing to do whatever God wanted. I want to encourage you this morning. There will be times where we stand up, we surrender and we say, God, not my will, but your will be done. Whatever you want to do in my life, do it. And it will cause some angst against other people because they will not like what we're doing. They won't like the way that the church is moving. They won't like the way things are happening. They will want to put a stop to it. And the truth is right now in our nation, there are things that have been tried to put a stop to what the Christians are doing or how we're going forward. But as we surrender, as we rise up, as Daniel rose up, as Daniel stood up and said, nothing will stop me from worshipping my God. He went back instantly. He didn't care. He knew the decree. He knew if he was caught praying to God, he was going to be thrown into the lion's den. He knew the outcome. But he didn't stand back. He kept praying. He kept going forward. And he continued to surrender to the king. 
it goes on to say that the king was so angry with all of those people that had done what they'd done that they all got thrown into the lion's den. And it's a little bit brutal when you read it. But what I love most is in verse 26, I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. His rescues and so he rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Wow. Daniel had surrendered. But the truth was that even if the lions had eaten Daniel, Daniel wasn't going to turn around and not do what God had wanted him to do. Even if his life was going to end at that moment, it wasn't going to stop Daniel because he had surrendered to God. And I believe what God's saying to us as a church, as people who are believers in Jesus Christ, it's time for us to stand up, to surrender our lives and to say, God, whatever you want from me, I will do it. No more mediocrity, no more apathy, no more, oh, it's okay to just do this. Here it is. It's, it's right here right now the Lord's saying come on we're an army and we will not surrender to the enemy but we will continue to walk forward and do what God wants us to do it's very quiet in here this morning this is a strong message and I've sat on it I prayed about it But I do truly believe that God is calling us and he's saying, are you prepared to go forward? Are you prepared to lay down your life? Are you prepared to say, not my will, but yours, Lord? Are you going to put him first in what you do and how you do it? See, what did Daniel do that surrendered himself to God? He worked hard and was seen by authorities and given higher responsibility. He went against the decree that said he couldn't pray. And he knew that it was more important to put God first than man. Daniel wasn't afraid because he knew that whatever happened, it was better to be surrendered to God than man. I'm not talking about the authorities of our, of our nation. I'm talking about the things around you. What stops you from doing what God's asking you to do? What's stopping you from moving forward? Who are the people around you that are are there holding you back from allowing God to use you in your workplace, wherever you are, in your schools, in your universities, in your neighbourhoods? What's stopping us from being who God wants us to be? Are we fearful? Because when we surrender to God... Fear doesn't have to be there because God's our strength. So how do I consecrate my life and surrender my life? When we present ourselves to the Lord in consecration, he has the freedom to do whatever he wants in and through us. Actually, consecration is our service to the Lord. Now, in the Old Testament, sacrifices were set apart for God by being placed on an altar. In an offering something to God, one relinquished ownership of that item. 
Instead, it belonged to God for the, his use and his satisfaction. Today, we are consecrating ourselves to the Lord. We become a living sacrifice. No, we are not going to be put on an altar. But we are laying down our desires, our dreams, our wants, our pathway. See, the scripture says the steps of a good person, a good man are ordered by the Lord. When we surrender our life to him, when we give our life to him and we say, here I am, holy and available, we're surrendering our footsteps. We're surrendering our pathway. Whatever God wants, he wants us to go and be that person. I am so grateful for my granddad. I'm so grateful for my grandma. I'm so grateful for a man and a woman who knew what it was to surrender no matter what. And out of that taught my dad and my mum on how to be people that could surrender no matter what, to do whatever God was calling them to do. And so today I stand before you and I'm so grateful to God that he has called me to be surrendered before the Father, that no matter what happens, no matter whether I get thrown into the lion's den or not, I am not going to stop worshipping God. I'm not going to stop being who God wants me to be. And God's asking us, he's stirring us, and he's saying, come on, people, come on. We want to see a move of God, don't we? We want to see greater... Um, a greater anointing. We want to see um, uh, um, power. We want to see people coming to know Jesus. We want to see all of this, but it comes out of a hunger, a hunger in us, a hunger and a desire in us that says, I surrender. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Saviour, I surrender. Not Ruth. That's my life. This is what we've chosen to do. Wayne and I have always walked as a couple that have said, we surrender, Lord. You want us to plan a church? Sure, we'll go do it. You want us to add that to our life? Sure, God, if that's you. Not because of man, but because of you. One couple, what can you do? What can your life do? What changes can your life have? Just imagine if we surrendered and said, not my will, but yours, God. Not what I want, but what you want. You may have a desire that says, I want to go and plan a church over here and it's not happening. Maybe it's not the time. But keep surrendered because God's going to need you. Maybe you've got a desire to start something in your workplace, to gather people, to pray for your workplace. And God's laid it on your heart. Then what's stopping you if it's just you? Others will come. But it's up to us to say, God, what are you saying? Where are you leading me? What do you want me to do? You know, in the Old Testament... As we said, sacrifices had to be done with animals. Now we just come before the Father and we say, here I am. 
In Romans 12, 1, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Cody, will you come, please? There's a quote by William Booth. He was the Salvation Army founder. The greatest of a man's power is the measure of his surrender. So how do I consecrate my life? Surrender your life to Jesus by accepting what he did for you. In 1 Peter 1, 18 to 19, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. When Jesus died in the cross, he shed his own blood to redeem us and purchase us. Wow. Do we really understand the sacrifice? Do we truly know what we've been saved from? Do we truly understand what Jesus did that day when he went to Calvary? Do we truly understand when he took the beatings and the pain and the anguish? That he took even on the, the, the things of the world and, he, and his father couldn't even look at him at a moment. Do we understand what that sacrifice was? I think we take our salvation for granted sometimes. I think we just fit Jesus into our life rather than him being our life. I'm believing for Resound Church to break open. I'm believing for there to be a move of God in this place that is so strong and so powerful. And I'm not saying that just so that we can go, whoa, look what's happening here. No, I believe it because I believe that as a whole church rises up and says, not my will, but your will be done. Not my wants, but your wants. Not the way I want it to be done, but how you want it to be done. God has freedom to move in a powerful and a mighty way. I believe, Katie, this year at this youth ministry, you're going to see something powerful take place. You're going to see kids coming and as they come they will surrender their lives we're going to just be blown away by what God's going to do but it comes out of a surrender of you and the leaders that are with you as you surrender before the Lord as you pray as you seek his face as you say to him whatever it is you want God and you're faithful watch and see what happens watch out church You'll be struggling to get your seats because the youth will take them from you. Not just a few. Young adults, are you ready? Are you ready for what God wants to do? Because I believe there's a wave in the young adults here at Resound that there is a surrender in your hearts that's so strong and so powerful. And out of that surrender, God's doing something. You started to see a sense of what God can do, but watch out. Watch and see what He's going to do. It's going to be incredible. You're not going to be able to keep up. You're going to start to go, whoa, where are they all coming from? Why? Because you surrendered. Oh, that doesn't mean us older ones miss out. Not while I'm on watch. Because we're not done yet. We're not finished. 
We've got so much more to do. And as we surrender our lives before the Father, watch and see. Watch those. Watch Waterford. Watch him. Watch them see coming to Jesus as you share the gospel, as you've surrendered your life and allowing God to do something. Watch and see what you'll see in your streets. Watch and see as we are prepared to surrender our life and say, not my will, but yours be done. Resound Church, you're willing to stand up? Oh, you're willing to be an army that's a force that cannot be beaten? Are you willing to stand up against the status quo? Are you willing to say, Lord, we will do whatever it takes for God's on it? He's calling us to prayer. That's why we've got the Sunday morning prayer. We've always had a prayer meeting. But through COVID, things changed. But we're back. 9.30 every Sunday morning. Come on, let's fill this place with people praying before the service. Imagine what can happen. Imagine what God will do. So why do we surrender? To walk in how Jesus walked. To grow in life. To allow God to work in us. And to enjoy the riches of God's salvation. God is coming to his church. And he's looking for a church willing to surrender. Right now, if you'd close your eyes for me, that would be great. And as if every head is bowed, I want to ask a question today. Because you may have heard me talking and going, what is she going on about? But you feel a pumping in your heart that says, I need to have... I need to have what she's talking about. I want to introduce you to Jesus. Jesus, the greatest thing that can change your life. That in the midst of your things that are happening in your life and and you mightn't have the answers, there's this comfort. There's this person that never changes. Jesus is there for you. And if you want to accept him today, I want to encourage you to lift your hand. And after the service, I'd love to chat with you as you start a journey of understanding what it is to follow him. That's you today. Why don't you lift your hand? So now I want to come to you as a church. you're determined to say not my will but your will be done think about this and you're determined to say I want to do your will Lord I want to see this world changed Oh, our world needs Jesus right now but it needs the believers to stand up if that's you this morning I want you to stand to your feet If you say, Lord, count me in, count me in, then why don't you stand this morning? You can use me, Lord. I'm not going to stand back. I'm surrendering my life. Here I am. 
And I ask you right now, if you're accustomed to lifting your hands, why don't you lift your hands before the Lord in surrender? Someone came to us with a gun. We'd be, our hands would be in the air, but God's not coming to us with a gun. He's not the dictator. But when we put our hands up, it's a, it's a sign of surrender. We're there saying, I surrender. And so this morning, as our hands are raised, I'm going to pray right now for an impartation of the Holy Spirit to do something fresh in each and every one of your lives. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now and I thank you. I thank you for this church. I thank you that, Lord, there was men in the Bible like Daniel who didn't bow down to the status quo, that didn't bow down and do what the, the people had told him to do, but he stood up and he said, no, my life is surrendered to you, God. I will continue to pray and do what you're asking. And Lord, as we stand here this morning as Resound Church, as we have our hands raised and as we surrender our lives before you, I pray Holy Spirit, come right now and pour a whole fresh anointing on this house. Cause each and every person to know that God, you're here doing something fresh, something new, that you're coming to shift the things off of us that move those things that hinder us from being all that you want us to be. We stand up and we surrender in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including service times and our live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.